I'm Tanya Muhammad, and this is Act Two New York. We were doing park shows, rooftop shows, and you know, <laughs> everything was growing. This is New York. I've lived through the AIDS crisis, through 9-11, through Hurricane Sand. We always come back better. You know, we're a survival city. It feels different. It definitely feels different. You know, it's, um, I mean, I, you know, I, it's, it's fun, but it's, all, it's a little nerve-wracking. You know, you want to make sure everyone's going to be healthy. I, uh, when I was a kid, my mom used to tell me, you can be whatever you want to be. And I said, want to bet, and I went to acting school. <laughs> In spring of 2020, we could all have used a laugh. The entertainment industry in New York was decimated and brought to a grinding halt. Despite many long hours of rehearsals and anticipation, countless performers saw their shows go dark indefinitely. Joanna Lisa Rekiov had a production called Comedy Cabaret that was thwarted by the pandemic. Uh, Comedy Cabaret has been in my head for probably about three years, three and a half. It's a stand-up comedy show, but it's a production. And so it has music and lighting changes, and, uh, and it's, it's an atmosphere. You feel like you're walking into the Cape Cat Club. There was a cabaret, and there was a master of ceremonies. And we were in a city called New York, in a country called America. And then I pitched it to uh, great comedian Kendra Cunningham to be my headliner. And she loved it. And it was like, okay, I got something. If I got her attention and she wants to be in it, uh, this, this, is, this is something to just keep working on. The other day, I saw a guy checking out my beer belly. I said, hey, hey, my tits are up here. <laughs> And then I wanted Natalie Perlin as my opener. Uh, so I recently moved to uh, Washington Heights. <laughs> and it gets uh, even better. I started a Thirst Trap Instagram account uh, where I have thousands of followers from all over the third world. <laughs> and then Ana Bianco. Uh, I needed a comedian that could crush, and Ana's at the top of her game right now, but that can also begin their set by doing a parody of Maybe this time. Everybody loves some laughter. So nobody loved me. It became a musical night of stand-up comedy with an all-female cast. And me. And including Elise. And including Elise. My wife. <laughs> Yay, nepotism. I am very happy to be cast in this show as a non-comic. Singing the title. Although you are very funny in it. You 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 have very funny moments. Well, thank you. We're just comedians, comedians on stage telling mischievous little jokes. You understand? I understand. We were we were scheduled to uh, to do the show April first. Uh, the show was twenty twenty. The show was advertised. We had done rehearsals, and I'm thinking in my head, no, it's it's going to be okay. But so we were set. To um, because I was so <laughs> sadly like 
the world's ending. There's thousands of people dying. And I'm like, I can't do my show. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was more depressed about it than I should have been. I couldn't control that. So on April 1st, I went out to the Kosciuszko Bridge <laughs> and I performed the whole show to myself. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. You didn't go over the movies? I did no, not. By, I my, that one out. by myself, to nobody, I performed the show except for the comedians. Like, like, and I did, I did the whole show and I realized that I can make it better. And um, so that's what I've been doing for a year, making the show better. But yeah. I've been really proud of Joe. He could have easily spent this last year in a depression and instead he channeled all of that negativity and he turned it into something positive. He worked on his art, he worked on his craft, he worked on his body, not complaining about that. And he prepared for this show. And you know, I was, I was the, the voice of reason all the way through. He kept saying, okay, maybe next month we can open. It's going to happen. And I'm like, hon, this pandemic isn't going anywhere. In spring of this year, New York was rapidly opening up. Vaccinations were on the rise. Infection rates were low. And it felt like COVID restrictions were changing weekly. There was a real sense of optimism and a feeling that the pandemic was over. There were no whispers of the Delta variant. That is very much a reality in our country now. On May 20th of 2021, it was back on. They were thrilled that Joe's long gestating project was finally going to premiere at Don't Tell Mama, an iconic venue in the theater district. Uh, I mean, they're an institution on Restaurant Row. There's a landmark. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're basically a landmark. Uh, it was just the, it's just the place for it. And Tanya from Don't Tell Mom is just so cool. It's my pleasure to meet you. You have a great name. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Even though we spell it differently. Yes. Yeah, I've been singing here for over 20 years, and I'm here because of Sidney Meyer. He's the booking director here. He is a mensch. He has the heart of gold. This place has been here since 1982. Yeah, I heard about it. And it's changed hands a couple of times, but... Uh, they survive, and uh, this place is my home. It's fantastic. Well, cabaret is a lot of things. And yeah, and then I started directing, and then they hired me as a booking manager just November of 2018. So I was just getting rolling, and then boom, we got shut down in March. But, uh, you know, we're back. Welcome to Don't Tell Mamas. We're so glad you're joining us. Just FYI, all of our staff is fully vaccinated. So if you see anyone without a mask today, it's just because the mask mandate has changed for restaurant workers as well as restaurant guests. So we encourage you to do whatever your comfort level is. If you are double vaccinated, we do allow you to not wear a mask now. And if you're not, we also have a separate section where we have socially distanced tables. So, yeah, enjoy the show. It's kind of like a, a complex place because this is the piano bar side. The restaurant is over there, which used to be a, a cabaret room, but now it's a restaurant. Then there's the brick room, which is not operating right now because they had to put all the furniture someplace for the social distancing. And then there's the original room where Joe is doing his show. Are you going to come tomorrow to the show? I'm definitely coming Wonderful. tomorrow. You know, people contact me and say, hey, I want to do a show, you know, and I want to facilitate every aspect of that and make that show a success. And I know what it's like to be a performer. I mean, this piano bar staff is spectacular. They are here singing and waiting tables every night, usually from 9 p.m. to 2.30 in the morning. 
that's their usual schedule. And everyone from all over the world comes here and drinks and sings, and it's just, it's just a party. My dear friend Michelle Dowdy, she is an incredible performer who was on Les Mis tour with me as our Madame Tenardier when we both got off the tour and we went our separate ways during COVID. She found out I was moving back to Hell's Kitchen and that I was moving very close by, and she was like, do you want to meet all my friends and sing with my friends at this awesome bar? That's Julia Richardson. She's a New York City-based actress who works and sings at Don't Tell Mama. Basically, it's the best side gig I've ever had just because um, everybody who works here is a performer, is a theater person, is an incredible singer. And it's just like, even though COVID has shut everything else down, the fact that we still get to keep having these like playful nights where we sing Broadway and we have live music and it's still happening. So for us, while we're all kind of waiting for Broadway to come back, it's been our little haven. We kept saying, oh, are we coming back? Are we coming back? Are we coming back? So what they did last summer was they put a keyboard out here and tables out there and they sang. <laughs> they continued the piano bar and then, um, you know, the cabaret shows, they, we did some on the stoop. <laughs> and it was really fun. From the kitchen staff to the owners to the piano. I mean, everybody here is just, it's family, uh, but they're also like real pros. And particularly the piano bar staff, I mean, the reason they're so good, and I love this about this place, when they get a gig, they let them go and come back. They don't, they don't lose their job, you know, because they do. They work all the time. They get Broadway tours, you know, they get summer stock, they get regional. And I love that because I used to be a bartender. And if I got a gig, I lost my job. You know, but they keep the talent here because they let these kids work and then they come back. So I think that's really nice. But we are hopeful for a possible winter return for the Les Mis tour. Literally tonight, they just opened the Les Mis concert in the UK on the West End. And that was like just a huge message of hope for us in the Les Mis cast in the US because we're just like waiting for our turn now. So, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, where are a lot of people are scared of cabaret because you don't have that fourth wall. You're not playing another character. It's really, you have to tell the truth. You have to be honest. And I always say that, you know, your, your job in cabaret as a performer is to convey humanity. You know, if you can make somebody laugh, make them cry, make them think, any one of those is great and all three of them are, are golden. You know, you can't, you can't replicate live. I don't care if you fuck up. I want to see you recover. Because that's what live performance is. That's what is exciting about being in an audience watching something live. You know, and there's nothing like it. And the comedians didn't stop. Everything was great. Central Park. Um, March 31st, we did a com live comedy show from the back of a pickup truck. Outside 20, of, 2020? 2020, March 31st. Wow. Um, from a pickup truck outside of Stand Up New York, which we thought was going to be like, the beginning of everything coming back, we were way off. <laughs> uh, I've been doing a lot of park shows, a lot of rooftop shows, anywhere where it's like slightly less risk. No, significantly less risk. I think that's something that we qualify it with, but I think it was harder audiences. It was outdoor. There were more distractions. And it's not for everybody, but for me, it made me stronger just to work with all that. Uh, when they when we started doing the shows in the parks, then Cuomo came out and said, okay, you can do the shows in the parks, but you can't use a microphone. So John from Stand Up New York said, you know what? Let's go in the parks. Let's fire up the microphones. And let's see if there's a New York cop 
that's going to walk into Central Park and shut down a comedy show because they're breaking the microphone law. <laughs> Never happened. Except for Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. Rosh Hashanah, they were out of... They, I don't know what sparked that. <laughs> Stand Up New York has uh, did a series where they did a show on the one train from, I think, 72nd Street 72nd. to the ferry and back. Yeah. Um, where the audience would meet, comedians would wait up top, the audience would come and meet everybody, and then everybody would go down to the subway together, get into the last car, you know, at 72nd, and then turn that car into a, into a comedy club. That's amazing. And it was masked, <laughs> and it was a blast. Yeah. When things went indoors, there were a lot of restrictions in place, but venues and performers persisted and adapted. The piano bar reopened April 15th, and the cabaret shows we were allowed to book starting May 2nd. So the first show uh, coming back was May 4th. You know, the capacity was only like 37, so it was, it was sold out, the May 4th show. And we've been doing shows since then. My first show indoors was at Stand Up New York. The first week we got there, there was a, a spit shield. Like, so, <laughs> so in front of the microphone, there was just this plexiglass rectangle in front of you. And so when you got on stage and you went to look at the audience, all you could see is your reflection. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, <laughs> huh, well, this is different. And we say, you know, in the contracts into the audience, like, you know, their temperatures are taken as they come in and phone numbers for contact tracing and all that kind of stuff. Because, uh, you know, we just followed the law and cleaning and disinfecting and, you know. There's a lot of rules that were infuriating because they just didn't make sense. Um, if you're a comedy club, you don't serve food, you can't open. Like, because COVID only attacks people that are not eating. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that every comedian's got a, a wallet full of microphone condoms. And you get up there and you take out your condom and you put it on the microphone. And then when you leave, you take your condom off and throw it in the bushes. You know, like, <laughs> like you're supposed to. Um, but the microphone condoms are going away. Uh, I guess people are vaccinated. I'll share a microphone with a comedian. I trust the CDC. They said it's fine. Uh, as long as we're following those guidelines, I feel okay about it. But I really want to follow those guidelines. If it ever pulls back, I don't know. Would the What we know about COVID is changing, so I want to follow that. I feel like I did pretty good. You know, I learned how to bake banana bread. Uh, I took a tarot card reading class. I cleaned my chakras. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm turning into the woman I never wanted to be. <laughs> right before my very eyes. I never cut my eating habits. My doctor even said to me, hey, you know what, if you cut out carbs and alcohol for 30 days, you'd lose weight and you'd have so much more energy. I was like, is there anything I can do to lose weight and remain as lethargic as possible? <laughs> and, um, and hopefully, you know, full capacity is coming back. You know, there's, the clubs, they operate, operate on a, a very limited profit margin. There was some of the comedy clubs, uh, the creek, the cave in the creek, you, you wouldn't think cave in the creek would go under, gone. I mean, you wouldn't think Dangerfields would have still been around, but <laughs> <laughs> that thing was operating at 25% for the last 20 years. <laughs> but uh, it went under. You know, and then, like, and today, May nineteenth, no masks, hundred percent. I mean, who knew this was going to happen this soon? So I'm really grateful. I'm, re you know, not to get political, but I'm very grateful that the people taking care of us are taking care of us. 
it's really nice, you know, and I really feel it. I mean, I love Chuck Schumer. I love, you know, I love that he's always had his eye on New York and that they see how much particularly these industries have suffered and that uh, there's a real light at the end of the tunnel. So I think the summer's going to be great. And I mean, already the fall, the calendar is already booked. I mean, September, October, November, we're already booked like crazy. And it's because of this vaccine. The vaccine is the game changer, you know, and I feel so safe now. You know, I'm doubly vaccinated. I'm ready to go. This is New York. I've lived through the AIDS crisis, through 9-11, through Hurricane Sand. We always come back better. You know, we're a survival city. I keep hearing this term, the roaring 20s. After the Spanish flu in 1918, the roaring 20s happened, even during prohibition. And people went out and partied and celebrated. And I think we're about to enter into that again. And that's really, really exciting to me. That night in May, there were no thoughts of COVID coming back. The sound of the big band at Swing 46 infiltrated the street that was close to traffic. People were everywhere. You could catch a drag show, then hop on over to the salsa bar for margaritas, and finally stumble into Don't Tell Mama. The variety of all New York had to offer was on full display just on that one block. You'd never know that Broadway was still shuttered and deserted a few blocks away. I met some old friends and made some new ones. I had a lot of laughs at the show, followed by a drunken sing-along at the piano bar. It really felt like New York was itself again, and there was no turning back. Unfortunately, now in September, things are uncertain again. Production of Race Car Radio. My name is Tanya Mohammed and I produce the show. Post production, original music, and sound design by Garrett Tiedemann. Production manager, Gabriella Montekin. Our executive producer is David Hoffman, who also composed our theme music. Don't Tell Mama has a host of talented performers almost nightly, both in the piano bar and the cabaret rooms. Check out the schedule at www. Don't tell mama nyc.com and follow them on Insta at Don't Tell Mama New York City. Comedy Cabaret also featured Sam Nicky and Anna Walker. I'll have more info on Joe and all the performers who participated in this episode in our show notes. Our Facebook and Instagram pages are at Act Numeral 2 NY. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to leave us a review. It really does help. Race Car Radio is a division of Citizen Race Car. We tell stories. 